In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Today is the, the fourth Sunday of the Holy 50 Days, and uh, the readings for today, uh, we read about how Christ is speaking about himself as being the light of the world. And we know also that in scripture, it says that we are the light of the world. So he is the light, and we are the light. And then how does that work? Because he is the light, and we reflect the light that is coming from him. So he is the source of light. And that it is through him that we become light, that we become illuminated, that the darkness that is inside of us becomes changed and we become transformed. In um, John 12, 36, from the gospel reading that we just read, Christ was saying, while you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. And so this process of becoming a son of light, how does, the, how does it work? Well, he says here, while you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. So there's three steps to this. The first step is related to time while you have the light, okay? That there's a, there's a specific period of time that God is calling us to take action. This period of time is limited, right? While you have the light, there is a time that is would be considered too late, right? And there is a time that before the, the light came, before the light of Christ. So he's saying while Christ is present, while he is present, right? Take action. So that's the when. The next part is believe in the light. What is it that we should do during this special time that we have the light? Saying this is what we need to believe, to believe in the light, to accept this light, to believe in and to act upon this belief that we have. And then the third thing, which is the result, the result of this process is that we become sons of light. Okay, so we're going to speak about these three steps in this process uh, today, God willing. So the first one is the when, okay? While you have the light. God is emphasizing to us, Christ is saying to his people that the time is now, that there is um, a limited window of opportunity where we are called to take some kind of action. In Ephesians chapter five, it says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil, right? Walk circumspectly, walk carefully, right? In wisdom, redeeming the time, right? Be careful of the time. Take note of the time. The, the, to, to convert the time that you have into something good, right? Time is the most valuable resource that we have. It's more valuable than money. It's more valuable than anything else because time is something that can never be changed, right? Time can never be accumulated, Time can never be saved. Time can never be altered or changed. Time can never be reversed or undone, right? There, the, the time is what we are given. And for every moment of time that we waste, that, that moment is gone. and can never be uh, returned again, right? So, so Christ is calling us to make a very good use of this time that he has given us. Because it is this time that we are called to act, right? While we have the light. When Christ reveals to us himself, right? This is the time that we have the light and then we should take action based on this. It's very easy for us to go day after day after day, um, always putting things off or, or not realizing or understanding the importance of the day, the moment. How is it that we should make use of the time? We should also not procrastinate. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, for he says, in an acceptable time, I have heard you, and in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. 
any spiritual work or spiritual act that we do can only be done now. There is no future and there is no past when it comes to taking action. All we can do with the past is remember it. We can remember it. We can learn from it. All we can do for the future is plan for it. But there is no way for us to take action in the past. And there is no way for us to take action in the future. Right? So, so, so for every moment that we don't spend actually taking action in the present, this, this, is, this is time that we're not using effectively. Right? The only time that actually exists is the present moment. There are books written about this uh, topic of mindfulness and being living in the present moment. And sometimes this is difficult for us to do because so often in the present moment, we are always just daydreaming about the future. It's like, you know what? I want my present moment to end and I look forward to a better time. I look forward to a time of less pain. I look forward to a time uh, of more enjoyment. I look forward to an event that, I'm, that I want to do in the future. And so I find myself so often thinking about the future in such a way that it paralyzes me in the present. But here, what is St. Paul? He's saying, behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Any good work that I do to invest in my spiritual life has to be done today, right? I might make a plan and say, you know what? I want to start to pray more, right? Which is good. And it's good for us to plan. But when is it that I'm going to start? Am I going to start now? Or am I going to start tomorrow? Because if I make plans and I always say, I'm going to start tomorrow, I'm going to start sometime in the future. I'm going to wait until something happens and then I'm going to start. This future day will never come because the future will always remain tomorrow, 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 right? Today is the day of salvation. The only actions that I can take for my spiritual life are today, okay? So don't wait for tomorrow. Tomorrow might never come, okay? Which leads us to the third point, which is the world is temporary and it will not last. Right in First John chapter two, it says, "And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abide forever." For when we live for this world, when we live for the desires of this world, we will quickly find that this is slipping out of our hands. That whatever thing that we can enjoy in the world in the moment is something that is lost forever after this. You know, I, I sometimes I um, I remember like as a child like certain TV shows that I used to watch. And every once in a while, like I have a certain memory of the actors and the TV shows and things. After, after a while, like I'm thinking to myself, well, let me go see what this person, what their life is like today, or what is it that they look like today? And I go and find a picture of this actor that I have in my mind from uh, like this childhood TV show. And you look at them and like shocked that this is what they look like now. This is not the, the image that I had of them in my mind. The image that I had of them was something that maybe was from 20, 25 years ago. And that is the image I have of them. But when you go look at the way they look today, they look something completely different, right? And, and every time I, I, I do this, I kind of do it for the purpose of reminding myself that time does not stand still, right? That we are, that time is always moving forward. And whatever we think is a cherished thing, whatever we think that we can hold on to very tight and that it will not slip away from us, it actually, we look around us in the world around us and we remember and we see, no, everything continues to move forward, right? There is nothing that I can hold on to in this world that will not eventually slip away from me, which is again saying to us what now is the time of salvation, right? While you have the light, while you have the opportunity, now is the time of salvation. Don't, don't, don't attach yourself to the world. 
don't live for this world or else you will slip away with the world, right? If we invest in this world so heavily, we will lose this investment that we have invested, right? This investment is guaranteed to go bankrupt. We want to live in this world serving the Lord. We want to live in this world light, not carrying all this baggage of the world with us, but understanding the purpose of this world. This purpose of this world is for us to draw closer to God. This is an opportunity, an opportunity that God has given us, an opportunity to grow in faith, an opportunity to see the Lord working, an opportunity to, um, to, to endure trial and testing and to, and, to, and to see God working in our lives, an opportunity to share God with other people, right? All of this is the, is the time of today. What is it that I can do today? I can grow closer to God today. But if I look around at the world around me and imagine and believe that this world is going to stay the way that it is and that I'm going to stay the way that I am and that everything that I care about, I'm going to hold on to it very tight, I might be surprised to find that over time, these things again begin to slip away. So the idea of timeliness, of doing something in the moment, in, the, in, the, in, in today, the day, today is the day of salvation, is very important when it comes to the spiritual progress and the spiritual life. So this was the first step, right? Again, what did Christ say? He said, while you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light, right? So this is the time of the light. This is the time that Christ has given us. Today, today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the day, okay? What is it that we should then be doing, right, in this time? What is it that I should be doing? He says, what, believe, right? What does it mean to believe? The first step of believing is to understand what is the truth, <clears throat> right? I can't believe in something that I don't know and I don't understand. In Romans 10, it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is why we read the Bible. This is why we have Bible studies. This is why we talk about God's word and we elevate God's word to, word to such a high status because these are the words of God himself to us, right? In order for me to understand how I should be using my time, I read God's word so I can understand it, so I can process it. I can't know what it is to believe unless I first hear it from the Lord. And, 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 and this is an important point. My beliefs, my faith, my understanding should be based on what God says is true, not based on my gut feelings, not based on society, not based on the news and media, not based on any other influence other than what is it that God has said is true. Because there are so many voices and so many opinions and so many philosophies, and not only today, but all throughout history, even at the time of Christ, right? When Christ came in his incarnation, he demolished all of the philosophies of the day. And, and that's why he was so controversial, because he spoke against all the things that had been accepted, whether from the Jewish perspective or the Gentile perspective. In every way, he came to declare the truth to a world that had never known the truth. And so we are also in a truthless world right now, where everybody is declaring their own truth. What is it that I should believe, right? How is it that I know how to approach the Lord, to be in communion with God, unless I know the truth that he is calling me to believe and to live according to this truth. So that's the first step, is to understand his word, to read it. Then we, what should be enlightened by it, right? Enlightened to open our eyes, that maybe we were, our eyes were closed, or that we were not able to see. Now we can become enlightened. In Ephesians chapter 1, it says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. 
what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, right? Seeing now that our eyes are open, right? We have a hope. We have a hope. We have a destination. We have a target. We, we, we don't see that I am just aimlessly going through my life, living according to my desires, according to my desire for, for, for myself, for pleasure. He says, what, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Meaning my, my joy comes from the expectation of the reward and the glory that God is giving to us as his children, right? The exceeding greatness of his power toward us, that we have been granted such a great gift and, and, and love that comes from God for us, right? We see his power working in us. This enlightenment, this, this transformation from living according to a mindset that only cares about the worldly things to caring about the heavenly things, this transformation that happens in every believer becomes our motivation to continue living for God and not for ourselves, okay? But God is not only calling us to, to change our behavior. He's calling us to have a brand new life completely, altogether. It's not just, I'm going to stop doing certain actions and I'm going to start doing other actions. It's, it's a completely different mindset of life. What is it? What does it even mean to live, right? To live and to enjoy life and to have abundance in life is not according to the world's pattern, but it's according to what God has revealed to us. He's calling us to change our worldview, to see the entire world and its existence from a brand new lens that maybe we had never seen before. For instance, when we speak about tribulations and, and afflictions in the world, in 2 Corinthians 4.17, we read what St. Paul is speaking about trial. He says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. He says, what well, these troubles and trials that you're experiencing in the world, he calls them light. He calls them but for a moment. And he says, why are you experiencing these things? Because you are going to inherit a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory in heaven when your faith is tested on the earth. This is an example of how the change of mindset and worldview causes us to see the world and the experiences that we have in it in a different way. You could have two people that have the exact same experience, the exact same problem, and one person looks at it and it crushes them and it makes them bitter and resentful. Whereas another person with the worldview of a Christian looks at that same problem and those same experiences and instead sees God in it, feels hope in it, sees that God can do good for them in it. And so instead of falling into bitterness and resentment, even though it is still painful and even though it is still suffering, yet they look at it with different eyes, with eyes of faith, because they have been enlightened by the light of Christ. And this is what God wants us to be. Again, this is not just about changing actions. It's about being enlightened in our thoughts, being enlightened in our experience, to know God on a, on, on a personal basis, to see him, to see him working, and, 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 and to feel his presence all the time. Also, because we uh, understand we have this, this light that Christ is giving us, it changes my actions, right? Not just the way that I see the world, but, but the actions that I choose to take. What is it that, how is it that I choose to live? In 1 Timothy chapter 4, it says, For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. 
right? St. Paul is saying, why is it that we labor? Why is it that we suffer? Why is it that we struggle? Why is it that we have given up all the luxuries of life, all of the, 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 the benefits um, of, of, of pleasure? Why have we given up all of these things? He says, because we trust in the living God, who is the savior of all men, especially of those who believe, right? So you can look at a person and by their lifestyle, infer what their beliefs are. Because we believe, because we have been enlightened, because we know the word of God and his truth, we, we choose to give up the luxuries of the world. We choose to give up the, the, the broad path and to accept the narrow path. Instead of going down the broad path, which is filled with a life of sinfulness, for instance, we choose to abandon this and go down the narrow path. We accept labor. We accept suffering. And, and this doesn't just mean accepting things that are happening to us. It's a choice. For instance, fasting is a type of suffering, right? I'm denying my, my body its desire, right? When I try to lead a chaste life, when I confess my sins, when, when I try to stop cursing, when I try to stop lying, when I try to control my temper, when I, when I try to obtain any kind of a virtue, this is a type of struggle and labor against my nature against the sinfulness in my flesh. This is the spiritual struggle. It's not just about I'm enduring external circumstances that are happening to me against my will. Of course, that's a part of, of a struggle as well, like accepting these things that God is allowing them for some purpose. But the spiritual struggle is a voluntary one. I, I choose to enter into, the, into this spiritual struggle. I choose to fast. I choose to deny my flesh. I choose these things. And I choose them because I have been enlightened by the light of Christ. I choose them because I have faith and that I accept to fight this war for the sake of my love for God, because I want to approach him, because I want to draw closer to him, because I don't want these things to distract me from him. And because I have hope and salvation, right? So, so this was the second step, the what, right? The first one we said is the when, right? The when is while we have the light. This is the time of the light where Christ has bestowed his light upon us. What then do we do? We believe in the light. We act upon the light. We, we, we choose to pursue the light and we, we seek it out. Okay. The third step then is what? The why. Why do we do all of this? He's, Christ said what? That you may become sons of light. That you may become sons of light. To become a son of light is to be a new transformation, to be a new creature, a new creation, right? In 2 Corinthians 5.17, St. Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So it is not just even that our mindset is changed. It's not just that our perspective is changed. It's not just that I have some new information that I didn't have before. Enlightenment is more than that. Enlightenment to become a son or a daughter of light means that I myself am a new creation. The old things have passed away. Like the old person that I was before this enlightenment has happened is no more. It's like it's, it's dead. It's died. But now I what? I have a new, I'm a new person. I am transformed. I'm a new person. When we believe and we are baptized, we become new creations. This is, the, this is why the sacrament of baptism is called the sacrament of enlightenment or illumination because it is through this that we receive this light, right? Baptism is like being created again. 
just like Adam was created in the Garden of Eden, but then he died and fell into sin, baptism is like a brand new creation. Like God is creating us again. He's undoing the corruption that entered into us after the fall. This was a transformation. This is the why. Why are we doing this? God is transforming us. God is turning us into the sons of light. We receive also a new mind, right? In Romans 12, he says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, right? The, trend, the transformation that is happening in us, that God is working, that we begin to see things in, in a lofty way. We see things from a heavenly perspective, right? We are given new minds to understand the mysteries of God. You know, the Gentiles, when Christ was preaching about himself and preaching about that he would have to endure the suffering of the cross, who could understand this, this mystery? When, when he was speaking about that, that unless anyone eats his body and drinks his blood, that they have no life in them, who could understand this mystery? It is only to those who have been enlightened, that have received the new mind, that can begin to understand the mysteries of God. So we who accept things according to faith, believing that God is working in us and working in the world and he is renewing us, we understand the scripture. We understand what God is calling us for. But maybe someone who has not been enlightened, when they hear the same words, when they read the same things, they don't understand those things. Those things don't mean anything to them, right? So it's important for us to, to realize that in order even for us to understand what God is teaching us, then we have to be enlightened in our mind. We have a new mind that God is giving us. Why? Because we are become sons of light. God has given us this gift. Also, we have new conduct, right? As sons of light, we have new conduct. In Ephesians 4, it says that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So instead of being slaves of sin, in bondage to sin, instead now we have become uh, a new creation. We put off this old man, which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust, and, and, our, and our conduct begins to change, right? Our conduct begins to change. The things that we found to be acceptable before, we now begin to feel uneasy with them, uncomfortable with them. We begin to feel that the sins that I've maybe committed for years and years, I now don't, don't feel like I can just continue to live in this way anymore. And God gives us the ability to overcome this sinful flesh, it begins to overcome this corrupted nature because he has given us a new nature. We can live a life that is pleasing to God. We can live a life where we fulfill his commandments because his spirit is working in us. Not because I'm really good at disciplining myself. No, but because God's spirit is working in us. Because we're able to grow in him. Because he has granted us this spirit. Finally, the last point I want to make is that we are reconciled with God. Again, in Romans 5, it says, For if we, sorry, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. We are now children of God, reconciled with him and inheritors of the kingdom of heaven. So not only are we sons of light here on the earth, but we will live eternally as sons of light with him in heaven because we have been reconciled 
to God the Father. And then this was the work of Jesus Christ on the cross that he allowed us to be reconciled again, to be one with our Lord again. So in all these ways, God is calling us to be light, just like he is light. And we spoke about today three steps according to the verse in John 12, 36. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. The first step is the when. He said, while you have the light, we have to use our time wisely, not to procrastinate. Remember that the world is temporary and will not last. The second step is what do we do during this special time that we have the light? Christ said, believe, believe in the light, read the word of God, be enlightened by it. Uh, live a life of spiritual struggle where we are struggling against the lusts of the flesh. And then what is the result or why is it that we're doing it? That we may become sons of light, that we have a new creation, that God gives us a new mind, that we have new conduct and that we are reconciled with God and glory be to God forever. Amen.